1: This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider Trip Insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at TripInsurance.com.
2: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
1: Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, Dan Skilkin, president of TripInsurance.com, will be here fielding your Trip Insurance course questions and i have to say after sailing that 14 night cruise from london to miami quite a few incidents happened on there regarding people's health and such and um a couple of them didn't have insurance so we'll uh we'll tackle that as well staff writer richard sims is here with cruise news jumping to him now hey richard hello doug a couple of cruise lines have increased gratuities this week
2: you know where one goes the other always follows. So when Princess raised their gratuities a few days ago, um, you and I kind of looked at each other and were like, yep, it starts now. And sure enough, right behind them came Norwegian. Um, Guest received a letter telling them about the change, which goes into effect for Norwegian on January 1st. In the case, I think the thing that makes the Norwegian cruise line case so different is this is not The typical increase that we usually see, you know, we usually see prices go up like a dollar, maybe a buck 50. But in this case, the majority of staterooms will go up $4. So the new price is going to be $20 per person per day for most staterooms with the haven. And sweets going up to $25 per person per day. That is not an insignificant amount of money. So, you know, if you do the math here, if you have a family of four doing a seven night sailing, that means your cruise just got anywhere from $560 to $700 more expensive. I say this every single time we do one of these stories, but it just baffles me as to why they don't just roll that into the price of the cruise overall so that they can raise it at whim they can raise it you know fifty dollars and nobody would know uh but they don't you know they don't do that and so every time there's an increase like this you hear the people complain i mean why wouldn't they who's not going to complain about an increase of you know five hundred and sixty to seven hundred dollars for your cruise That's, that's, especially in this, you know, this, this, this economic time that we're in right now, that's a fairly significant chunk of change.
1: It feels like if you keep jacking those gratuities or service charges up, people are just going to want to remove them once they get on board.
2: I completely agree. And that's, you know, one of my big fears Mm -hmm. is, you know, that, that this will, that will be exactly what people do. People will say, you know what? I tip people, I tip the bartenders, I tip the waiters. And of course the money... It's important for people to realize that the money that the daily gratuity uh, takes into a pack that actually goes to people that you don't interact with. You know, it goes to behind-the-scenes people as well. It goes to it goes to others. So. Please, please, please don't take your gratuities off. I know it's a lot of money, but it it is actually going to a good cause. Now, of course, you can make the argument that the cruise line should just pay their people, you know, what they should be earning, and then they don't have to charge all of us that much money. But that's another argument entirely.
1: I mean, if you don't agree with the company's policies, just don't support the company then, right? Like, go you can go to Virgin where the tips are included. Yeah, that's very true. Carnival introduces new programs aimed at children, teens, and families. Carnival's making a pretty big move in the youth
2: department here. These new programs are being rolled out on Carnival Celebration, but they're hoping to have them implemented fleet-wide probably by spring of next year. The biggest change is they're introducing a new program called Turtles, which is for travelers under the age of two. It's going to feature a wide variety of activities, but the coolest is called, uh, what's it called? It's called Baby Turtle Trek. And this basically will have toddlers crawling on what the company is calling a, quote, Custom made ocean mat. I have no idea what that means, but their family will be cheering them on on the other side. Now, in my head, what I see is remember the turtle races that you had when you were a kid? And I really hope that it's like that like the kids are lined up and the parents are on the sides making bets, you know, ah, my kid will take your kid any day. But anyway, it sounds like a total blast. They're also introducing interactive elements to the Dr. Seuss Bookville area where you'll have. Like, for example, they'll have Thing 1 and Thing 2 helping families put on a show, or Sam I Am leading a search for green eggs. I'm guessing it won't be ham as well because that would get a little messy, especially if, like, you didn't find the ham and it ended up, you know, stinking up the place. But um, there's also going to be new programs for teens. There's a ton of them coming. So it's, you know, Carnival has always prided itself on being the number one carrier of families. And this is another way for them to sort of up their claim in that market.
1: They're quick to tell you that, too.
2: Oh, yes, they are.
1: (laughs) And speaking of Carnival, another story here. They've gone back and forth on this one, and it looks like it's back for good, or at least for now, regarding a drink policy.
2: Yeah, you know, it's sort of like at the end of the play, Avenue Q, when they sing the song, It's Only For Now. That's basically what Carnival did here. So they... Kind of decided that they were going to take away the ability for people to buy pre-cruise bottles of booze. You know, you can you can pay some money, and when you arrive in your room, there's a lovely bottle of Tito's there, or a bottle of tequila, or whatever you happened to pre-order. They took that away and said they were no longer going to be offering that. But then they got a lot of negative feedback, so they said, "Okay, we are going to bring that back, but we're going to limit it to one bottle of booze per room now." In addition, they also really hiked the prices. Like, those bottles are now really, really pricey. According to Carnival, this is their latest attempt to curb some of the bad behavior that's been on the rise since the restart. But, you know, I'm a skeptic. I am totally a skeptic. And so it won't surprise you to hear that I don't for a second think that's the whole story. If, if that were the case, they'd put in place a rule saying – Like, okay, if you want to buy a bottle of booze, that's fine, but you then can't buy the drink package. Or they would limit the number of drinks. Like right now you can get 15 drinks, um, 15 alcoholic drinks per 24-hour period on the Cheers package. They would say, you know what, we're going to dial that back. 10 is a reasonable number, whatever. Of course, that would cause an absolute uproar. But in either case, I just – I just don't think that that we're getting the whole story when they say that that's the reason that they're only allowing people to buy one bottle of booze. And in fact, my personal theory is that this is an attempt to get more people to to buy the drink package. You know, it's it's a lot more convenient for them if you buy the drink package. They're making a lot of money on it, obviously. They don't have to, you know, worry about stocking the rooms. They don't have to have people running around putting those bottles of booze in everybody's room. It just it just to me, I don't know, it just doesn't seem quite kosher. But like I said, I'm a skeptic.
1: Hold on, I'm pulling up my drink of choice here, which is Tito's vodka, and I know before the shutdown I paid it was like $75 for the bottle of Tito's. Um, I'm pulling it up now. Okay, here we go. Tito's vodka, $135 a bottle, Richard, and get this, at the grocery store right down the street here in San Marco, $21 for that same bottle. I mean, it's not unusual that you're going to pay more for something on a cruise
2: ship, but that's outrageous. $100 dollars more? From $75 to $135. That's that's in Sane. And there are people who will tell you, you know, that that if you measure it out and, you know, per shot and how much you get in there and what you would pay per drink at a bar, blah, 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 then it works out to be a deal. But I'm sorry. There is no way you are ever going to convince me that it is worth $135 to have one bottle of booze in my room. No, just no. (laughs) 100%
1: 100% agree with that. That's insane to me that, that price there. You got to be crazy to buy that or just really want that Tito's. Royal Caribbean has some bad news for some guests on the world's largest cruise ship. What happened here? This is kind of crazy
2: to me. So apparently, Cruise guests um, who are booked on Wonder of the Seas got a letter, and this is what it said: "Quote: We're sorry to inform you that due to an unexpected inventory error, your scheduled Wonder of the Seas December 11th, 2022 sailing is currently oversold in certain stateroom categories." So this is basically the equivalent of when you go to the airport and you've got your ticket and you're like, "Woohoo! I'm going to fly home," and then they tell you, "Oh, you don't have a seat on this plane." But wait, I bought a ticket. Clearly, I do have a seat on this plane. No, sorry, you don't. This is the exact same thing. So what they are doing is they haven't really explained how this happened. But what they're trying to do is they have said to guests, if you agree – to move into an interior stateroom. So clearly it is, you know, balconies and above that were basically, or maybe even ocean views and above that were overbooked. So what they're saying is if you agree to move to an interior cabin, let's say you booked a balcony and that is the category that's oversold. If you agree to move to an interior balcony, you will get a 100% refund for the cruise. So you're basically going to cruise for free. You, You know, you're taking the same cruise, you're just doing it in a different cabin. Like I said, they still haven't explained exactly how this happened. The other question is what happens if they run out of interior (laughs) rooms? You know, like what if so many people are like, okay, I'll take that deal, that they then run out of interior rooms? There's a chance that some people will still have their crews actually canceled. You know, it really depends on how many people take them up on this offer and how many people they overbooked by. That's another thing that they haven't really come out and said is how many of the staterooms they overbooked, but this is, this is, you know, not exactly an ideal thing. Imagine, you know, you're getting ready this weekend to go on a cruise and, and this week you find out, Oh yeah, I might not have a stateroom on that ship.
1: And with typical cruise line disclosures, we will never know how much they overbooked it by.
2: (laughs) Exactly. We will (laughs) never know.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that's not, not a bad deal though. If you want to be on the inside for seven days, as long as you're not claustrophobic, you should be fine.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a great deal. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I always book a balcony because I really want a balcony. I always say, don't, don't go in hoping for an upgrade, you know, book the cabin that you want. But I also would probably not book something expecting a downgrade, mm-hmm. but I don't think I could do a week in an interior. I know you've done it many a time, but, that, but nah, I'm, I'm a little too, I need a view.
1: Yeah, about to do it again, too. All right, final talking point here. A new ship is in the U.S., and currently it's right down the street from you up there in New York. It is. Uh, the uh, MSC Seascape
2: has arrived in Manhattan. This is kind of a big deal because over the last couple of years, MSC has been making really serious inroads in the U.S. market. They'd like nothing more than to push one of the big three sort of out of the way or at least be considered, you know, kind of in that. Top tier, and this is another move in that direction. For the first time, they've brought a new ship, the MSC Seascape, to New York City for her naming ceremony at the Manhattan Cruise Terminal. Uh, the ship will not be staying there; it will immediately be turning around and sailing to Miami, which is where she'll be homeported, doing Eastern and Western Caribbean sailings. But this is indicative of MSC's future plans because starting this spring they will be moving the Meraviglia here to do full-time sailings out of the New York City area. So, you know, that has not happened before. That is again, you know, another market that they are breaking into. They've already got ships in Florida, they've obviously got lots of ships overseas, but they are now making a play for the New York City market, which normally is you know, I guess It's safe to say that Norwegian kind of owns the New York City market because they usually have at least one ship, if not several, here year-round. Carnival also does sailings out of here. Princess does some sailings out of Bayonne. But Norwegian is, you know, year-round out of here. And that is something that uh, MSC has clearly taken a look at and said, hey, that's a market that we can do some competition in.
1: Yeah, and MSC has that FU money, too, where they don't really care how much it costs them or if they send the ship out empty because it's just basically a hobby for them and a tax write-off for that container company they have.
2: See, I learned something new. (laughs) Every week with you, Doug, I learned something new.
1: Probably not professional to say FU money, but we're going to call a spade a spade
2: yeah you know that's that we're all about the honesty here yeah we are transparent and disclose everything
1: staff writer richard sims as always thanks my friend
2: glad to be here thanks
1: you have questions we have answers get the whole story on cruiseradio.net a big question we get at cruise radio is how do i know if i need trip insurance
0: Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo
1: to Doug at cruiseradio.net. We always like to talk with the president of tripinsurance.com, Dan Skilkin. Dan, welcome to the show, my friend.
0: Doug, thank you. Thank you for having me on uh, and hoping everybody's having a good holiday season.
1: So far, so good. I got a question. I want to, it's kind of a relevant story here, because there was a 28-year-old gentleman who went overboard Carnival Valor. Now, they won't, he doesn't remember what happened, but oddly enough, he didn't have any kind of an insurance, and now there's a GoFundMe page to help pay this guy's insurance bill for going overboard the ship. However he got there, he went overboard. What are your thoughts on this, and have you ever seen anything like this before?
0: Doug, I, I we haven't seen a claim like this where someone has has fallen overboard in the middle of you know nowhere and come. I mean, this guy this guy um, lost consciousness when he hit the water, and when he became conscious, the the boat wasn't there at all. So he's floating out there. I think it was overnight. Didn't mm-hmm. it take them almost twenty four hours to find
1: him? Yeah, twenty hours. He was treading water.
0: 20, yeah, twenty hours. So um, you know, which is. You know, amazing that he could survive in those conditions. The real question of the hour, and the curious one, is that cruise companies release footage pretty quickly if somebody is horsing around and falls off a rail. Mm-hmm. You know, and when they when they hold back and they don't say anything, there are a lot of other circumstances that that you have to think about. One of them that I'm concerned about is if he was drunk
2: mm-hmm. and
0: he fell like this. Um, most travel insurance won't cover your a claim. They'll deny a claim if the reason for the claim is because you were drunk. So, for instance, if you fell down the stairs on board the ship because you were drunk, one of the things the, the insurance company may ask you is is whether or not, you know, how, how much drinking that you had been doing as to whether or not they're going to cover the claim. Certainly, he wouldn't have needed a GoFundMe page uh, for medical bills in this particular case if he had travel insurance. Travel insurance will cover... Um, the cost of, of your medical bills during your vacation uh, and any delay in returning home because of the accident. But uh, I've seen a lot of accidents like this, and it's important to have the travel insurance. My, my brother-in-law's family was traveling with his in-laws, and his mother-in-law um, and the whole family were waiting to disembark the boat. And, of course, she's in the front of the line. She's, she's got to get off early. And they hadn't finished pulling up the gangplank completely, They had the gangplank up there, but they hadn't pulled up all the guardrails, you know, on the gangplank. Mm -hmm. She steps off, and she takes one step too many, and she drops two stories between the boat and the dock straight into the water. and. My, my brother-in-law's looking down thinking, am I supposed to jump down there to try to save her? I mean, <laughs> this was like, really dangerous. Fortunately, the crew scrambled uh, to help her, and amazingly enough, she wasn't hurt. You know, just a few bu- bruises. Um, but, you know, there, people don't realize that a lot of accidents can happen on board a ship. This, one of the strangest claims we ever had was a guy's wife had broken her hip during a belly dancing contest on board the ship. And to prove the claim happened while they were on board the ship, which was kind of funny because most of the time you have a doctor's report from the, from on board that will mm-hmm. tell them what, what the problem was. They took an x-ray right there on board and they knew he, she had a broken hip and they had to medically evac her back home. He sent in videotape showing her breaking her hip during this belly dancing contest. And I don't think she was drunk, but he had to probably had a pretty fair amount to drink because the, the, the video was pretty funny because he's filming mostly the other women gyrating <laughs> on the dance floor. And his poor wife, you can hear her writhing around on the, oh on the, uh, on the floor with this broken hip, and he just keeps filming. Oh Lord! <laughs> finally, finally, he had to stop and, and help her. But it, it's, it's important for people to realize that they've got to be careful about how much they drink on board. Um, But the travel insurance will cover your medical costs, and they can be quite high, as you know, um, uh, anytime you have to report to the infirmary on board the ship.
1: Yeah, my question is, though, like, okay, so this dude goes overboard, and it's about $200,000, $250,000 bill that the Coast Guard's going to pass on to the person's family or the person involved with this. Let's just say... He wasn't drinking. Travel insurance wouldn't cover a search and rescue cost, though, would it? Because he went overboard. I don't know. I don't want to speculate here, but would they cover something like that? Generally speaking,
0: no. Not they. They will cover a medical evac. In other words, if you got really sick or really hurt, you had a heart attack on board the ship, and they can't treat you on board the ship, they'll cover the cost of airlift. You know, and bringing in a helicopter and then getting you to the nearest port, and then an emergency. medical airplane back home can can be a good $250,000. It'll cover all that cost, but generally not search and rescue. And so the cruise line, first of all, is trying to figure out, okay, was there negligence of a crew member not putting up proper protection? Um, Generally speaking, that's really rare. And so they're really trying to understand, but... um, But those kinds of bills uh, can be quite high. You're absolutely right, Just, just trying to find the guy. I'm just amazed they could find him if you think about what it takes to find somebody bobbing the ocean. Yeah. For 20 hours.
1: Yeah. And they covered 7,000 square miles. Yeah. That's that's wild to me for sure. Dan, our first listener question asks about the change of an air itinerary. And if your itinerary was changed, would travel insurance pick up? This is a
0: great question because we had a recent question come in regarding a situation where the client purchased travel insurance for their Australian New Zealand cruise. And the airlines recently changed their travel schedule. So they were on a very tight connection from Queenstown to Auckland, and then they had business class tickets from Auckland back to Dallas. And they wanted to know if they missed their flight back to the States because of the travel delay in that connecting flight. Would they be covered for the extra cost to purchase a new ticket? Well, travel insurance does a really nice job of covering travel delays, particularly getting you to your cruise, they all have a minimum delay time. So you've got to look at that in the policy. For instance, U.S. fires is a three-hour minimum delay. Um, So if your plane is delayed and you miss the boat, travel insurance will cover the lost portion of the cruise. So if you lost a day or two of the cruise, um, um, they'll cover that cost, and they cover the extra cost to get you to your next port of call. But a tight connection like this coming home where the plane is – perhaps one hour late and you miss your connection getting home, they may not cover that extra cost to purchase that replacement ticket. So there's always a time limit on when travel delay and misconnection kicks in, and sometimes they're different numbers, uh, and a separate set of covered reasons for the trip interruption portion of your plan. Travel delay covers the extra cost of hotel, food, and local transportation if you're stuck in an airport due to a travel delay, like weather, uh, or a general airline delay, or even an illness like COVID. So this is really important for people that are traveling during this Christmas season um, to buy travel insurance, even just to cover their airline tickets, because if they get stuck in an airport, look, the the travel insurance will cover the cost of their hotel. And that's generally pretty inexpensive. Now misconnection coverage covers the extra cost of replacement travel arrangements generally due to a common carrier delay. So trip interruption covers having to return home because of a, of a covered reason. Um, So trip interruption is different than, than these other two features. The trip interruption is covering you returning because of a covered reason, like an illness or an injury. It's generally the same, um, uh, cancellation covered issues that are mirrored in the travel insurance plans to cover trip interruption. So generally what they're covering for trip cancellation before you depart is roughly the same features that they have on trip interruption. And this is going to cover you, for instance, if you get hurt and you've got got to be medically transported home, they're going to cover the balance of your vacation time as well as the extra cost to get
1: you back. I have a listener email here that I actually just came across, and he says, I flew from Denver to London, and my bag never showed up until day seven of my 14-night trip. I had to spend over $900 in clothes and sundries at the cruise line's gift shop. Would travel insurance have reimbursed me for any of that?
0: It will. Baggage delay is covered, and they generally cover you know some kind of limited amount um, uh, per day, up to a particular limit. You know, so they may have a per day amount, or they may have a total coverage amount. A lot of plans, for instance, uh, will have a $250 a day. Um, coverage limit for incidentals and extra clothing, uh, up to like a limit of five hundred dollars. So five hundred dollars of that nine hundred dollars he had to spend uh, would have been covered. Uh, and it's a it, this is a this is an interesting issue, but it comes up a lot right now in people losing their baggage, and uh, um, particularly on board the ship because it's very difficult to get the uh, get the baggage delivered. A lot of times the baggage may still be waiting in in that first. Uh, Departure port for them, and so yes, travel insurance will cover uh, those extra expenses.
1: Well, let's just say Delta did some reimbursement for him. Could you double dip and claim this as well against your personal policy?
0: Typically, baggage coverage in a travel insurance plan is secondary to what the airline pays you. Okay. So let's say his full full claim is nine hundred dollars, and the airline is willing to pay four hundred of it. Mm-hmm. The other $500 can be claimed on his travel insurance, and you can
1: absolutely uh, make a
0: claim on both.
1: His e- email to me inspired me because he had an, an Apple AirTag in his luggage, and he's so glad he put it in there because he's able to track where it was until it finally caught up with him in Grand Canary, he said.
0: This is the most brilliant thing that has come out recently, and they originally were, were upset about people putting these tags in bags, but the reality of the situation is I've had two clients that told me they were able to accelerate getting their 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 bag delivered because they told the airline they looked at their phone and they told the airline exactly what airport the bag was in so the bag had gotten misrouted and the Mm -hmm. airline is trying to find this bag and when they said oh yeah yeah it's in Heathrow they said what's it doing up there and they called the Heathrow airport and they found it and they and they they got it delivered very quickly so that is probably in my opinion one of the most brilliant inventions that that Apple, for instance, has come out with uh, of being able to put a tag like that in your bag and and being able to track it.
1: Our last listener question here, Dan, it says, can I insure just the deposit of my trip with an insurance policy?
0: If you're buying a plan that doesn't have cancel for any reason coverage, typically you can insure just the trip deposit. A lot of cancel for any reason policies will require you to insure the total cost of the trip that is subject to cancellation penalties, not just your deposit. Although a recent feature of of US Fire's uh, policy on our site is that they now do not require you to insure the total cost of the trip in order to get canceled for any reason. So this is actually really important because people that are buying a cancel for any reason policy, if they have to insure the total cost of the cruise and they, they, the cruises can be quite expensive, even though they've made a $500 deposit and most of their payments are not due for another year, they're paying upfront for the travel, travel insurance for the total cost of the cruise. Uh, And so they may have over a thousand dollars in travel insurance coverage when they've only got a $500 deposit on the trip. And so, you look at this and say this is way out of whack. And if the and if the cruise gets canceled, now they've got to contact the travel insurance company to get their money back on the on the on the travel. But with US Fire, you can insure each of the deposits as you make those deposits and add to the policy. So one of the most common questions we have is people say, "I haven't finished making all my travel arrangements. When should I buy my plan? Should I wait?" until I've got all of my, my arrangements made. You know, I booked my cruise and I've made a deposit on my cruise, but I haven't bought my airline tickets yet. When should I buy the travel insurance? Well, you should always buy your travel insurance plan within 14 days of making any initial deposit on your trip, particularly on a cruise. And just ensure the, um, just ensure the deposit. Uh, that way you're going to get cancel for any reason coverage, you're going to be eligible for that, or you're going to be eligible for a pre-existing condition waiver that might be included in the plan. And then every one of the travel insurance companies will let you contact them to increase your coverage, increase your trip cost. So in the case of tripinsurance.com, it's very easy. You just send us a quick email to support at tripinsurance.com and say, hey, I just made my my airline reservations and I want to increase my, my trip cost for my plan to this particular level. And, um, we, we contact them, um, because we don't save credit card information for everybody's protection and we'll contact them and let them know what the new premium is. And they just pay the difference. Um, in every one of these travel insurance policies, there is no penalty for, um, insuring this way. You're just paying the difference in the premium from what your original premium was based on your original trip cost to what the new trip cost is. And uh, in our particular case, if your trip cost goes down, if you, if you suddenly got a better deal on, on the vacation, we refund the difference. If you just let us know what your new trip cost is.
1: Just so we're tracking on the same page here, Dan, next year I'm taking a pretty big trip and there's a $1,000 deposit due, and then I'll owe an additional $6,000 60 days before the voyage. So I could just insure the deposit if I wanted to? Exactly. Okay. You
2: just
0: got be, to be careful about that if you're buying a cancel for any reason plan, you just got to make sure that they have a provision that will allow you to, um, uh, to insure just the deposits. Every plan out there will let you increase the trip costs as you make your travel arrangements. And Mm -hmm. most cancel for any reason plans say in their language, you have 14 days from the time you make your new trip uh, arrangements To contact the insurance company to contact us to increase your trip cost and then you pay the difference and then they're covered and that protects your cancel for any reason coverage in the case of u.s fire they'll let you insure the deposits but uh... companies like uh, nationwide require you to insure the total cost of the trip up front so that that could be a lot more expensive but if you're not buying cancel for any reason coverage It's not an issue at all for any policy. So you're exactly right, Doug. The best thing to do is to ensure the risk that you have outstanding, the money that you've already paid for the trip. And as you pay more money, increase your insurance coverage at that time.
1: Very good. Dan, if anyone has any questions for you, how can we get a hold of you?
0: Please send us, send us an email at support at tripinsurance.com. We are happy to answer any questions people have, whether or not you're buying your travel insurance from us. Uh, we hope everybody has a, a great holiday season uh, and then plans their next cruises coming up. Uh, you know, we got a busy season coming up after between January and May. Everybody starts to book their cruises. Um, uh, give us a call. Check out our website because um, we're sure we can get you uh, better coverage at a better price than you're going to get uh, whether you're uh, where wherever you're buying, particularly um, uh, when you're using a comparison site like ours instead of buying directly from a travel supplier.
1: I got to tell you, Dan, on that fourteen-night sailing I just did, we had four separate medical incidents on board, and two of them, I know for a fact, didn't have travel insurance policies, and my heart just broke for them, because one had to get lifted off on a helicopter. So it's just very, I mean... I don't know why you wouldn't travel with one, especially going overseas. And as I'm realizing, the older I get, the more coverage I'm taking out as well.
0: I don't think people realize, Doug, just how expensive the onboard medical treatment mm-hmm. can be as well. I'm, let's be practical about this. They are trying to staff a hospital yeah. on board a cruise ship, and uh, it can be very expensive just to have a bone set or an X-ray done. Um, And you're generally not covered outside the United States except for emergency medical services for most insurance plans. So, um, yeah, it just, and the medical evac is crazy. And be careful belly dancing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or I was listening, and you were laughing about your uh, sister-in-law walking off the side of the ship, so I'm glad she wasn't hurt or your wife would kill you.
0: <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. So.
1: <laughs> Been talking with Dan Skoken, president of TripInsurance.com. Dan, hope you and the family have a Merry Christmas. Thanks again for stopping by. You too, Doug.
2: All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.